Gospel of Mark, chapter number 8. I want to read some verses here. Been on my heart all day. And uh, this subject or thoughts kind of been on my heart all week. And I just pondered on it and thought about it on and off. The Lord dealing my heart. And then I heard a preacher today preach from this scripture. And he didn't preach necessarily on what I'm going to look at tonight. But the Lord really zeroed in on this in my heart. And touched my heart. And I want to try my best to be a help to you. If the Lord will help us tonight. Then I trust that He will. Mark chapter 8. When you found your place. If you're able. And willing to do so. We'll stand together out of reverence and honor. <clears throat> to the reading of the Word of God. Mark chapter 8. I want to begin reading in verse number 22. And read just a few verses here and then try our best to give you what's on our heart for the service tonight. Appreciate the help of the Lord already. Mark chapter 8, verse number 22. And he, talking about Jesus, cometh to Bethsaida. They bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. When he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. He looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes, made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house saying, Neither go into the town, nor tell it to any in the town. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Now we read these verses here in Mark chapter 8. Mark's gospel is the only gospel to record this miracle in the Word of God. And there's a lot of debate and a lot of people have given their opinions about what this miracle, what it typifies, what it symbolizes, what picture we can draw from it. Some have said that it is a picture both of the illumination of the Spirit of God and salvation, and I guess you could make that application. But really, I think, and the way the Lord has dealt with my heart. In verse number 25, the Bible said that when Jesus put His hands again on the man's eyes and made him look up, that he was restored and saw every man clearly. And for a man to be restored would mean that at some point in his life he had been in that state before. Or in other words, at some point in this man's life, he had been able to see clearly. But something had happened between then and now that had caused him to not be able to see clearly. Now the Lord overcame a whole lot of obstacles to get to this man. The Bible said that the Lord has come to Bethsaida, which is a cursed city. The Lord has already pronounced judgment upon this city. And the Lord will not do any more miracles inside this city. The Bible said that He stood outside the city 
and looked across it and he said, Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. Woe unto thee, Corazin. If the miracles that have been done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes. And so he cursed the cities and would never do any more miracles in them again. You say, but preacher, you're reading about a miracle that he did. But if you read the scripture and pay attention to what the Bible said, the Bible tells us in verse 23, he comes to Bethsaida uh, uh, apparently for this blind man uh, and he takes him by the hand and leads him outside the city. He would not do the work inside the city and so he took him outside the city where he could do the work that this man needed him to do. And matter of fact, when he does the work, and the reason that I personally believe that the application here is in restoration and not in salvation, is he charges him not to tell anybody in the town. Never did the Lord ever charge anybody not to tell what he did if it be a type of salvation but here he said don't go back in the town he doesn't just say don't tell anybody he said don't even go there don't go into the town and don't tell anybody in the town apparently it would have appeared to me that something inside the city had caused him to lose his sight and so the Lord began to deal with my heart and I've been pondering this week about the subject of restoration or being restored. And the Lord dealt with me about preaching tonight on seeing clearly. That's what the Bible said the Lord did for this man is he restored him to where he could again see clearly. The Lord began to deal with my heart and I believe that in these days the people of God need some restoration where we can again uh, see clearly in these days Uh, I'm not talking about physically being able to see uh, but I'm talking about our spiritual vision Uh, uh, the Bible said where no vision is there uh, the people perish Uh, and that's where we are today Uh, it was the church at Laodicea uh, that had a vision problem Uh, uh, the Lord said I counsel thee uh, to buy not only gold tried in the fire uh, but to anoint your eyes with eyesight that thou mayest see. And he's writing to the church. So that would mean that they were in need of restoration, that there was a time in their life that they could see clearly. But something had happened and caused them to not be able to see clearly as they once did. I'm afraid in these days in the church world there's something or some things that have happened to the people of God that have caused us to not be able to see clearly. I thought about this blind man and there's several things that the Lord began to deal with my heart with that I'm just going to preach them to you as the Lord gave them to me and then we'll go to the house. But I thought about this blind man. What was it? The Bible does not tell us what it was that caused him to lose his sight. I wonder tonight if it was some kind of disease that caused him to lose his vision. I'm afraid in this day the church is sick. 
and we're losing our vision or the ability for us to see clearly. I wonder if maybe it was an injury that caused him to lose his sight. I'm afraid that we've got people in the church that they've been wounded or injured somewhere along the line and it's caused them to not be able to see clearly anymore. Maybe it wasn't even his own fault. Maybe it was the fault of someone else that he became injured and caused him to lose his ability to see clearly. We got a lot of people in church today that they've been hindered and injured and wounded by somebody else and they've let it fester and brew and it's caused them to lose their ability to see things clearly. I thought about it in my mind as it does many times and pondering and thinking as the Lord began to deal with my heart about maybe some kind of disease. My mind went to sheep. And of course in the Word of God we're likened to sheep and I raise sheep so I know a little bit about them and sheep can suffer from a condition called entropian and it's where the eyelid turns on the inside. And if it's not corrected, it can cause blindness. And really the problem, you say, preacher, what does that mean for us? Well, this is what the Lord said to me. The problem is it's something that should be kept outside that's been allowed to come inside. And I'm afraid that's where we are in our church world today is there's so many things inside the church that God never intended to be in the church that they should be kept outside the church that they have come in and they've caused irritation. That's how entropian starts. It starts with irritation. And if you don't catch it quick enough, they will lose their vision. And I'm afraid that's what's happened to us. We've let petty things come in the house of God. We've let division come in the house of God. We've let strife come in the house of God. We've let sin come in the house of God. We hide it in the closet and put on our Holy Ghost attire and act like everything's okay. And if we don't deal with these things, we're going to lose our vision. Oh Lord, help us. Help us, Lord, to see clearly. I thought about, I wonder tonight if discontentment has caused some of the people of God to lose their vision, to not be able to see clearly. To get in a situation, we just don't like how it's going. Now I understand there are problems that arise. And there are days I wish I wasn't in the storms that I've been in. And there have been days I wish God would change my circumstances and change my situations. But we have to be really careful allowing discontentment to rise up inside of us. It will change our vision. It will change our focus and cause us to not be able to see as clearly as we once did. And it can happen to all of us. I thought about Elijah. One chapter he's calling fire down from heaven. And the next chapter he's running from his life. And he's 
discontented with how the situation is going and he no longer can see Carmel. He no longer can see the power of God. He no longer sees the fire. He no longer hears the cries of the people. He no longer has the victory. But now he's saying, Lord, I'm alone and nobody cares. I've been jealous and they're not worried about me. They're seeking my life. And he said, I just want to die. Kill me here in the wilderness. He had lost his ability to see clearly. And it's because he got discontented with where he was. All he could see was I'm all alone and nobody cares. But the Lord said, get up from where you are. There's 7,000 that have not bowed the knee to Baal nor kissed his image. You can't see them, Elijah. You're just focused on you and your problems and you're discontented with me. You thought I should have done things differently. But my plan is perfect. I want you to get up. Let me wipe your eyes out and call you to see clearly again how many times and I say oh me I've been there before did I get discontented and feel like God had let me down feel like God I should have done it a different way felt like God shouldn't put me in this situation that I'm in or leave me in the storm and I got discontented and got to feeling sorry for myself and found myself a juniper tree and wished for myself that I might die but I'm glad for the day that the Holy Ghost of God came by where I was wiped out my eyes and said you're not alone get up and go again see clearly I'm glad the Lord can do that it might be disease it might be discontentment causes you to not see clearly maybe you're here tonight and I just got two more I think on my heart and I'll be done maybe you're here tonight and discouragement has got you where you can't see clearly you're in a situation and it looks hopeless to you. And you've cried and you've prayed and you've asked the Lord and you've sought the Lord and, and you've tried to live right and you've tried to do right and you're trying the best you know how to do. But it seems like everything is falling down around you and you're discouraged. And all you can see is your discouragement. All you can see is your problems. All you can see is the trouble. And it's caused you to lose the ability to see things clearly in your life. How many times in the Word of God did we have instances and circumstances when discontentment and not just that but discouragement and even we could go farther than discouragement discouragement is really just step one and if discouragement's not dealt with it leads to despair despair means the loss of the ability to see anything good or to see any hope and maybe you're here tonight and you're not just discouraged but you're in despair you don't see how anything good that could ever come out of your situation. You feel like maybe there's no hope for your situation. That's where Paul was in Acts 27. The storm got... Now, Paul already got a word from the Lord that he was going to the other side. That he was going to make it. And I, I'm here to tell you tonight, you and I 
You're saved tonight. You've already got word from God that you're going to the other side. You're going to make it. But sometimes the storms of life cloud our vision and we get in discouragement and despair and we can't see clearly. Paul said it's so bad that we all lost hope that we should be saved. Here we are in 2023 and I know times are bad. And I know the world's wicked. And maybe we're getting Gideon syndrome. I don't mean that bad or irreverent, but maybe we're like Gideon down there by the wine press threshing wheat, doing the best we can with what we got. But we look around at what little we got, how much the world has. We look at how little we are and how big the enemy seems. We look at how small we are and how vast the enemies are. And we feel like there's no hope for us. And we even get a vision from the Lord. I mean, Gideon, her vision's blinded so much by discouragement and despair that the angel of God sits down under an oak and old front where he's at and says, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon's so blinded by discouragement and despair. He says, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this happening to us? Sounds kind of, sounds like us in this day. Sounds kind of familiar. Have you ever went home went to your prayer place or mumbled under your breath or even thought in your heart, maybe the words never came out, but you thought, oh Lord, if it really is going to be okay, if you really are looking out for us, if you really are here to help us, why are we in the shape we're in? Why is all this happening? Why is all this evil around us? Why is all this trouble come my way? Why am I sick? Why is my wife sick? Why is my husband sick? Why is my family having trouble? Why is the money not coming? Lord, why is all this happening to us? We all have them days when our vision gets blurry and we can't see clearly. But I'm glad the Lord didn't get angry with Gideon. I'm so glad the Lord ain't like me. And you better be glad too. If I'd have been God, I'd have said, well... If that's how you feel about it, I'll go find somebody else to lead my people. But the Lord was so patient and so long-suffering. He said, now, ain't no need to talk. It's not in there, but it's in there. He said, now, Gideon, ain't no need to talk like that. I'm here. The Lord's here. Gideon just keeps going on. He said, if God really is for us, not only why is this happening, but why in our day, like Daddy's day and Grandpa's day, where be all these miracles our fathers told us of? Have you ever thought like that? Lord, if you're still God, and if we're still on the right way, and I'm trying my best to live right, Lord, where's the power? Lord, where's the glory? Why ain't sinners getting saved? Why ain't the church stirred? Why ain't the shouts ringing out? Lord, why is it like this? So discouraged, and so in despair. But I'm glad God didn't leave then. He just hung around where Gideon was until Gideon's eyes were wiped clean and Gideon could see that God really was with him. And not only was he with him, he was for him. Yes, sir. Thank God, yes. 
I mean, Gideon's in such a bad shape. He said, I'm looking right at the face of God. That's what the Bible said, the angel of the Lord. That's the pre-incarnate Christ in the Old Testament. He's looking at God, which no man can do. And he don't even believe he's looking at him. He said, give me a sign that you're talking to me. I mean, you say, Gideon, that's foolish. Gideon's in a bad way. His eyesight was awful dim. He said, I can hear you in my ears. And my heart wants to believe, but I'm just so discouraged. And in such despair, I can't even believe that you're here talking with me. Would you just show me a sign that you're really here? And if I'd have been God, I'd have said, I'm here. That's sign enough. But that wasn't enough for Gideon. And God knew it. And so God obliged Gideon. God did what Gideon needed. Gideon said, let me go home and make a meal and bring it back. And if you're still here, I'll know you're talking with me. And so Gideon goes home. And he makes ready a kid. And I don't know if you study the Bible. That means that he butchered it and made it. I mean, this is not a five-minute deal. He didn't go in and boil a pot of water and bring it back. He prepared from farm to table everything and then brought it back. And if he's in such discouragement and such despair, when he takes the life of that kid, don't you think? That something inside Gideon says, am I wasting this kid for my flock? Will he really be there? Am I just daydreaming? Am I just imagining things? That could not be the Lord. And when he took it maybe to his wife, I don't know if he's married or not, said, will you bake this and make me some cakes and bake me some broth? And him sitting at the bar stool, clacking his fingers, thinking, why, why can't she hurry? I need to get back down there and find out whether it's really God or not. Something inside him saying it ain't God you're just dreaming you're just so hopeless and so in despair he gathers the kid gathers the bread gathers the broth sets back out I don't know how long it was to get back yonder where God was but I think the whole way he's saying please be there please be there you're my only hope you're my only help I can't make it if you're not there I can't go on like this I can't raise my family like this I can't teach my children like this I can't provide for my wife and family like this just please be there when I get back and I do know that the wine press was in the lowest part of the country and so in my mind's eye it may not be the way it is but it's just how I see it I think maybe it might have been a little bit like it is around here and had to go up a crest and then down the last hill and I think the whole way up he's thinking please be there Please still be there. Please still be there. And he tops the crest and looks down yonder in that valley where maybe that one lone oak tree is a standing down there in Ophel. But don't even belong to him. It belongs to Joash the Abizrite. He's not even on his own land. He's just hoping God's still there. It didn't matter to him who owned it. It didn't matter if it's an oak tree or a beech tree or a maple tree. He just needed to hear from God and see God again. And he tops the crest of the hill and there he sits I think Gideon shouted the whole way up back down into the valley he didn't care about the Midianites he didn't care about the Amalekites he didn't care about the enemy he didn't care about the wheat he got what he needed and help from God yes. Thank you, 
And you may be here tonight. And you may be like Gideon. And all you can see is your one little handful of wheat. All you can see is the Midianites on the horizon. All you can see is the last meal your family's ever going to eat. All you can see... See, the Bible said in Judges chapter 6 that it's because of the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east that the children of Israel made dens and caves in the mountains to hide from them. Oh, when they came up all, maybe Gideon could see before the Lord came. Gideon probably thought, I'm down here all by myself. Everybody else is afraid. They're hiding in the caves. Oh, we're all going to starve to death. Oh, we ain't got nothing. The Bible said they left no sustenance for Israel, neither ox nor ass. And they were greatly impoverished which is more than just physical sustenance but it meant they drained their spirit the bottom fell out they went to the lowest of the low inside their heart and Gideon thought I'll never get out of this valley alive have you ever been in such a valley you thought I'll never get out of this one alive I'll never see the sun shine again I'll never see a harvest again I'll never see my family again. I'll never see this. I'll never see that. But ain't you glad that in the midst of it all, God shows up in the midst of your valley. He didn't say, now get it if you get halfway up the mountain. He didn't say, get it if you can climb to the highest hill. He just showed up in the deepest, darkest valley of Gideon's life. And he said, I'm here and I'm going to help you. And before Gideon ever got out of the valley, he was seeing clearly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe you're here tonight and you're discouraged and you're in despair. And you think, Lord, I'll never make it out of this one. Lord, I'll never get out of this valley. But the Lord is a coming by where you were. I thought I might preach another one, but the Lord says no. So I'm done. But I do want to say this. I want to go back to the blind man. Here he is in Bethsaida in a cursed place where it seems to him in his opinion, in his estimation that the Lord will never pass this way again. The Lord will never come this way again. We've got too wicked. We've got too mean. Iniquities on the high. We would not believe. And so the Lord will never come. And maybe He had given up hope of ever seeing again. Maybe He had heard the story of blind Bartimaeus that sat by the highway side begging. Maybe he had heard the story about the woman with the issue of blood when they were down there in Capernaum or when they were in other places. But he said, I'm here in Bethsaida. I can't get to Capernaum. I can't get to Galilee. I can't get to Bethlehem. I just got to stay where I am and I don't think God will ever come by. But aren't you glad for the day in Bethsaida or not? Here come the God of heaven walking down the street of a cursed city and he said I know I can't help you here but I can take you somewhere where I can help you and get you out of the mess you're in and give you your sight back again thank God he can help us and if we're not careful we'll get to looking around 
and how wicked the world is and how bad everything is, how upside down the nation is, how wicked the government is, how everything seems to be going. And I'm not being mean, but it seems like America is on a downward slope it right into hell itself. And that's according to the Word of God. Every nation that forgets God will be turned into hell. And that's what's going on around us. And if we're not careful the discouragement and despair of the situation and the times we're in, we'll feel like God can't come by and we'll get so wrapped up and blinded by our own discouragement our own despair and we'll wonder if God can ever help us but I'm glad he can come where we are in the midst of this wicked generation and help us again I'm glad he can I'm glad he can let us see clearly again I don't know what you got going on in your life. I don't know if you're discouraged, if you're in despair, if you're discontented, if you've been injured, if you've been hurt, if maybe there's some outside things have worked their way in and they don't belong there and it's irritating and bothering and it's causing you to slowly, little by little, lose your ability to see clearly. I don't know what your need is tonight. I'm... I'm satisfied that there's somebody here that needs to pray and somebody here that needed to hear this from the Lord. And uh, under the instruction of the Holy Ghost tonight, I'm very much satisfied that probably, I believe I, I believe the Lord wanted me to preach on all them other things. Uh, but I think the Lord really is dealing with somebody that's in discouragement and you're in, maybe not yet in despair but you're on the way and you're wondering if God can. You say, preacher, I ain't never wondered that. Oh, you have in your heart. Uh, we all have. Can God help us? The children of Israel seen all His miracles and they said, can God furnish us a table in the wilderness? And I'm glad if you went to them and asked tonight, they would say, God can I'm going to tell you tonight, if you're in the valley like Gideon, if you're in Bethsaida like the blind man, wherever you may find yourself in the storm like Paul, on the ship like the disciples, where the list goes on and on and on and on. I'm glad He can come where you are. and He can get you out of the valley. He can pull you out of Bethsaida. He can put you on the mountaintop. He can bless you and give you eyesight back and give you a new outlook on life. I'm glad He can tonight. Let's stand together. I'm done.